0: Ach-tung, ah tung Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Uh, with me, Al Murray and James Holland, of course. Um, and I'm in Glasgow, Jim. Where are you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, well, I'm in Brixton. I'm at my, I'm at my bros' place. Um, I've just hot-footed it down from Coventry because I was playing in a. I was playing in a in a fun um, cricket match yesterday for Ian Bell, and there were all sorts mm. of the great and the good there. Um, so that was good fun. Um, but oh, tell well. me, how was, how was, um, how's it been this weekend? Is it's slightly odd or is it after oh, you just slotted straight back in?
0: Um, it's, it, well, um, there's been on s- Friday, we had a minute silence before the gig in Reading, yeah. but there was no, there, there's no, there, there is no discernible change in mood at my shows. I don't think, I mean, uh, no. you know, uh, I do a tiny bit of it's what she would have wanted me taking the piss out of the bloke in the front row. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> they, 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 they seem to broadly agree with that idea. So um, no, I've not, I've, no, I've not. No, I've not. I've not noticed a, um, a, 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 a change in tone. And, and in Glasgow last night, um, not either. You know, which is supposedly no. where you might might expect a little wrinkle, but not really. No, I mean it as a comic there's so much else to talk about as well and also I, can't, I kind of think we're in the middle of this so uh digesting it coming up with some interesting material about it is, is for is is for the week after next or for the future or for later in yeah. the year you know rather than um rather than right now in the middle of it I mean that may maybe some might say that you know uh, where, where's my fearless blade of satire in that situation
1: <laughs> well you <laughs> gotta um, touch pretty you gotta be pretty you know, pretty careful with you know Seventh-year-old monarch's passing, haven't you? You know, that probably requires a little the bit well, of thought.
0: I suppose so <laughs> no, but it's interesting because because um, you know, we we on Friday we did that we, Friday morning we 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 recorded and then put out that podcast about the the Queen's War. And I noticed on your Facebook someone going, Oh, I don't think Al's much of a royalist, judging by the way we talked about it. It's it's very interesting because I I just thought we were well, I just thought we were talking about the history. And I think you, you know, you you have to talk about the royal family in their context as part of the propaganda machine in the second world war you, you can't not yeah um and be you came across that. remotely
1: that, anti-monarchist
0: well no 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 <laughs> nor did i but i think it's just really <laughs> interesting how point. people's sensitivities operate yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. How they're, well how their rate how they're how their rate their ear their ears are sensitive to different things that you might not realize are there but anyway um but 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 no it's all been it's all been great it's all been groovy and um well, good uh, you know there's been the, the, the always the nice last being in Glasgow in, as well yeah, it is. It's always nice being here. And it, um, uh, it was raining yesterday when we arrived, but it's a beautiful morning this morning. But um, you, you've been—you were at the test match as well. So like, I was, you, I was, was at the going? test match. I mean-
1: yeah, I was at the test match on Saturday, which was very moving and absolutely the right decision. And you just thought, Ash, I went with yeah. Tony. It was great. And then, then you kind of—you um, kind of think, what were the, the football association thinking? I mean, really badly misjudging yeah. that one. We had a great day. And then yesterday, I was playing this cricket match, uh, it was yeah. and actually, one of the people who was there was Jack Stein, who's right. the. Um, um, yeah. You know, the restaurateur, chef, son of Rick, and yeah. a really, really, yeah. really nice guy. Really good fun. And um, yeah. we got chatting, and um, he, he he listens to the pod a bit, and he's got amazing oh. German heritage. I mean, proper, really good German yeah. heritage. And he's got some fantastic stories about kind of sort of family, because re- his family um, left Germany at the very end of the 19th century. Uh, and then... Some, a few years ago, yeah. they had this big, you know, um, Stein reunion in Dusseldorf, and and him and Rick were going mm. over over, basically sort of thinking, whatever you do, don't mention the war, don't mention the war, and he found that all the, all the Steins wanted to talk about was the war. <laughs> really funny. Really? And yeah, all his old <laughs> German relatives and stuff, and what they'd all got up to, and mm. there were sort of various whiffs of, not, oh of, of Nazis in there. Anyway, but the main thing is, yeah. is I was saying, oh God, you know, Alan, I, I think you're doing this kind of, you know, we just sort of... Talking about doing doing this um, wartime um, British wartime 1940 only um, diet for for Lent, and he said, "Well, I'd love to, I'd, yeah. I'd love to come on the pod and, and talk about that and talk about what you could do with the ingredients and all that kind of stuff." And I suddenly thought, actually, we could turn this oh, into wow. a bit of a thing.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a thirty minute meals thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's
1: another thing he wants to he wants to cover, which is these flying boats that went from Australia to then Ceylon during the war, delivering basically right. mail. Apparently, they were kind of like 36 right. hours they took with kind of... I mean, he was saying non-stop. I, 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 thought, I thought, that is a great story. I no, that is a great story.
0: Non-stop, that can't be... It can't can be that true, be but, right? but, but... Well, I it can't be if it's a no Well, boat. no, no, no. It's maybe, Sunderland well, no well, yeah, no, you land... Well, you land, you land at a, uh, a naval auxiliary vessel and refuel, and then move on. Surely.
1: Surely. But anyway, I thought, well, that is fascinating. So, so he gave me lots of food for thought there, literally, no pun intended. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Oh, excellent. But anyway, he's a really, really nice guy. Yeah, but where we got to, and you're going. Um, this is being recorded Monday morning. You're going to to this morning's <laughs> test match where there's 30 runs or something to be to be put on the board, and then England win, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I should just say for anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about, we're talking about cricket. You know, we'll, we'll move on very, very quickly. But, but. For those who don't know, there are <laughs> matches that can last five days, and there are lunch breaks and tea breaks in between them. And for anyone who's not English, um, it all seems a bit silly and odd. But but for me, it's great. It's a mystery. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so last week we were talking about um uh 1939 and the, the build up to the war and the various players and Ameri- the role of American finance um of yes. American soft power, as it were, in in in, yep. in uh, creating uh, tensions within Europe, arguably um and. And all that stuff. but And we talked a bit about Deladier and, mm-hmm. um, and France. and I mean, I think what I, I was reflecting on that this morning when I, when I got up is that we, we often characterise France as, you know, it, its chaotic governments, its sclerotic in its um, political scene. You've got... The, the, I mean, it's the way the French do it, isn't it? It's that you end up with a government no one wants. I mean, you look at... You look at Macron, this year, they end up with a president none of them them really voted for, uh, but they know that they can't have the other ones either. It's that sort of system. And so in between the wars, that's tended to happen with with French governments. But if you zoom out of that, if you don't know about that, French defence policy seems fairly decided. You don't spend all that money on a thing like the um, Maginot line if people aren't generally agreed on what they want to do, if there isn't a, a, a hard through line in policy, which despite you know, uh, chaotic governments, despite this, this endless turnover of of governments. That seems like quite a singular decision that's been made and stuck to regardless, which I think is another way of looking at France and French uh, defence policy between the world. They're absolutely certain that the Germans are going to be their next big problem, and they are right, pretty much right away. The whole Versailles... All of Versailles geared to the fact the French are worried about the Germans. The You know, the First World War doesn't end with the French thinking, well, that's never going to happen again. Um, uh, best not prepare for it in the way that the British do. You know, the, the British, after all, have the 10-year rule. Churchill picking a number out of the hat, um, giving the Treasury what they want. Downsizing imperial responsibilities. The French are very much well. We need a great big army of poilu, of conscripts. We just need one, and we need an enormous fortress system. And given that their governments are so sort of a crazy paving, I think it's very interesting that they're that they're kind of that singular on their um, their defence posture towards Germany.
1: Yes, I suppose the kind of you know one one of the things that's holding them back is, is the fact that politically, psychologically, whichever way you want to look at it. You can't fight on French soil again because you had that in 1914 yeah. to 1918, and it was a catastrophe, and and the, and the bloodstained yeah. style of Verdun and the Marne and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just it's just it's yeah. just yeah. not going to happen. And and the fact that it Germany kind of invaded their industrial heartland in the north, you know, all around Lille and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. absolutely, the policy is. To not build massive defenses along the border, but what we're going to do is, the moment the Germans attack, we're going to hinge and we're going to pivot into into Belgium. But because we haven't, yeah. because Belgium's neutral and won't let us in there, um, we can't do that hmm. until the Germans make the first move, and that's that's a fundamental problem because they've got this policy of being incredibly slow and methodical, and, and so yeah,
0: but it but. But but it's interesting though, isn't it? That that, that their entire posture is that Germany's going, the threat. Yeah, there's not there's there's no there there is no, um, you know, that the, the the idea that what you do is is you know post Second World War the idea that what you do is embrace Germany and you stop this ever happening again is certainly not on the French radar. And they and in a strange way they're consistent, even though the governments themselves are inconsistent. The defence posture, the spending, the whole thing, is 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 you know is a consistent thing and and by the late 30s is also echoing uh, Chamberlain sort of fortress Britain rearmament idea that, you know, that there's this deterrent force of, of the United Kingdom off the coast of Europe that, that will surely make the Germans think again. And the French are doing... The French are building up their... So by 1939, the French have rearmed, haven't they? They're, they're
1: Yeah, they have, and, they're, and, they're, and they have this amazing... They're comprehensively
0: equipment. ready for it, aren't they? And they've got an enormous army they can raise. I mean, this is the thing. The state of the French army in 1939 it, it is... Are, um, in, in many ways, entirely enviable, right?
1: <laughs> well, they have, so they have this system that that you have to do um, national service, and then once you've done national service, yeah. you're then in the reserve. And initially, I think it's for sort of two or four years or something. So so, and it goes all the way back to kind of you know from down to sixteen years after you've finished your service, you're then at kind of you know you're the fourth wave. Mm. So the first wave of the people who've just only just finished their. Their national service then the yep. second wave is kind of you know those who were kind of eight years, years ago and then all the way back to 16 years and what that means is when you have complete mobilization which of course is what they watch they launch right at the beginning of september um within a matter of days you've suddenly got a, an army of you know, three million or something from from yeah. a, from a standing yeah. start of 1.2 i think was what it was on uh, um the yeah. standing army um i mean that's the that's the big old that's army
0: that's the kind of thing that that well, it's the kind of thing the Nazi state would would be green with envy at their ability to to do that. And after all, a military service in France since the Revolution is d- directly tied to citizenship. This is why they're able to do. This is why they're able to conscript. Yep. This is why politically it's not impossible. Whereas, of course, in, in 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 Britain, it's a mass. It's always been a hot potato. A standing army is a is a is a problem in itself. You know, yep. by by the interwar years, you, you've reached the period where you know the the, the British state has so many commitments all over the world it can have a standing army because it is because it's all over the world rather than just sat in england yep. you know uh burning burning money off you know so so but the, so yeah so the, the the germans would give their eye teeth for a system like that wouldn't they i mean it's that that's the, the 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 french army in many ways is the envy of the world which is what what makes happens the following year so ironic isn't it well, yes,
1: and they, you know, even in, in the beginning of September 1939, they, you know, they've got double the number of artillery pieces that the, that the Germans have, if not more. Um, they've yep. certainly got you know, considerably more tanks and, and bigger tanks and more coming through. I mean, you know, don't don't forget by current terminology, France is a superpower and is highly industrialized. Yep. So, so that's not a problem. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, sort of I was thinking about I was thinking about all this over the weekend because I was I was recalling. Reading in the Times newspaper and other newspapers, um, back in February this year, before the invasion, there were lots of infographics and it had little kind of had a little image of, of sort of soldiers, and then had a little image of jets, and then had a little yep. image of guns and tanks and whatever. Yep. And you were kind of sort of comparing Ukraine to Russia, and obviously Russia was kind of off the radar and, and Ukraine didn't have really, really very many. But but, you know, here we are, um, you know, seven months on and the Ukrainians have just won a, you know, an incredible victory. I mean, you know, the the, the Russians are in retreat, and, and and that seems extraordinary. And how can this be so? And I was thinking, it's not all about numbers. And 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 if ever you want an example of no. it not being all about numbers, of course, it's the opening stages of the war in the West. You know, it's 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 the fact that France loses. In in effectively five days, but but in six weeks, but effect you know it's all over by the fifteenth of May, t- five days after the attack is launched. So how can that be? And of course, there's other things that come into play. And I, I suddenly came up with the, with the three M's, which is method, motivation, and morale. And actually, though, and all of them are, are inextricably linked, but 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 yep. they are different. So so first of all, you you know you go you go to method. So what's your method? Well, the French method in 1939 straight 1940, is have a a series of assumptions, which first of all is that the Germans won't be able to move more than uh, to the French border in anything less than 10 days at the absolute quickest. Yeah. Yeah, But more likely two weeks, which then gives them time to organise themselves to, to to work out where the, where the attack is coming, get their mobile reserves and move them. But this is this is all based on you know. So, so the whole idea is that the Germans are going to operate slowly, so we can operate slowly. But they haven't got the method to be able to move there. They've they've got railway lines, they've got trucks, they've got all that kind of stuff. But they haven't got got the communications mm. to be able to pull that off. And, and they haven't got they haven't got the method to be able to respond to a situation which is different to their assumption. And and. That's the big problem. It's the fact that, you know, there aren't any radios at the Chateau de Vincennes, which is the, you know, the headquarters of the commander-in-chief, Maurice Gamelin. Um, It's the fact that all the generals are really old. I mean, you know, uh, Gamelin, I think, is 67, something like that. You know, Weygand, when he takes over on the 23rd of May, is 23rd of May, whatever it is, 23rd of May, is is 73. Um, General Georges is in his 60s. Um, Blanchard is in his 60s mm. you know they're all just a little bit kind of slightly over the hill and they're slightly stuck in the kind of First World War methodology so so you could argue that their method's not very good then you've got got motivation well the motivation isn't really there because there's no urgency to go into you know the Saarland kind of demonstration which is literally yeah
0: which which, which, well, which is the motivation is, reflects itself in method that you you, did, you, you create right. the method that this fits your saying. motivation all yeah yeah
1: so, so your method is 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 your your plan of action, how you organise yourself. It's logistics. Yeah. It's it's the method. It's your method of war, which encapsulates a whole host of things. Yeah, and as you say, then you've got the motivation. Well, the motivation's not there because if the motivation had been there, they'd have all just gone straight in. And what's really interesting when you look at when you look at um, accounts of French soldiers who have been sent to the front—they don't want to go to the front. They don't want to leave their their homes and families and baby girls and all the yeah. rest of it. And there's tearful farewells on the doorstep and stuff. But they recognise that this is something they've got to do. They go over to the kind of you know the western, um, the eastern border in the, around the Zollan, for example, you know, into Alsace and Lorraine and they're all along the border there. And they're just sitting there, you know, and they're just going, "What's going on? Why aren't we going in? Why aren't we going into Germany?" So they're actually quite up for it to start yeah. off with. But 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 the motivation from the top is not there, and the consequence of that is that morale then starts to dip very very quickly because suddenly it's winter and and it all goes you know it all goes pear-shaped so by the time the germans do attack the following may everyone's fed up nothing's happened it's the phony war people have you know more people have uh, you know the the numbers of of kind of you know equivalent to trench foot and frostbite and all the rest of it is you know absolutely through the through the scale it's just horrendous so so then for your morale plummets and then if you look at if you look at Russia in in February, 19th. you know their methods wrong. That you know no Schwerpunkt. You know they've they spread themselves too thin. Their intelligence picture on Ukraine is incorrect. Um, their logistics base is, is poor. They haven't got that sorted out. They've 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 gone into the war with a whole load of assumptions which prove to be untrue. Um, their motivation is questionable. Um, and as a consequence, all of that morale plates are plummet, and they're in the, they're in the pickle that they're in now.
0: These these comparisons, I mean, they, 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 always caution against these comparisons because they can only go so far. But it, it, but the principles I mean, it's, it, it, it's, about, it, it's about principles. But 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 but, even, but they're a circle, aren't they? Because yeah. because um, you know it's morale in the high command that says, well, what we can't do is fight an offensive war in the Fre- in the French instance. That, that then that so that becomes your method, which then becomes your motivation, which then feeds your morale and 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 if your if your Poilu's morale is bad, you know you can't do anything other than a Sitzkrieg method. You know, if you if your if your soldiers have poor morale, you know you can't go on the offensive. Yeah so you might as well stick on the defensive. And and, and, and those things those things, you know, feed each other almost perfectly. Yeah. Soldiers soldiers with soldiers with poor kit um Tend to have poor morale because they don't trust the kit, and, and to, that to them, that to them is a message from the people who are in charge of them that they don't give, they don't care about them enough to give them the good kit. So why would you spend your life it, for those people? And, and, and
1: uh, so, so, so the method is the poor kit. The yeah. motivation is 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 is, is, is that you, you haven't got your motivation correct, and the consequences of the morale takes a dip. Yeah. So I, I agree. I, I I think the three yeah. M's is a is a, is a circle.
0: That's quite, it's quite fairly useful yeah yeah I, it's i mean and you see it you see it again and again you know in in north africa the, the gazala line battles people don't trust their kit they don't trust, they don't the, trust pounder, the method they don't trust they don't trust the tanks so the method the method is incorrect they don't trust the method and they and their, mo- their motivations for the method are wrong the method is a poor reflection of motivation put and delivers bad morale and therefore but the method fails and you 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 you, you know Round it goes, and and yeah. I think I think I think it's really really interesting because that that essentially is the sort of it, I mean it's a it's a Mobius it's a Mobius strip really. It, yes. it, it, it everything has its two sides, but it's one but it's the one side yes. of getting that blend right. And you 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 could you could you I mean the BEF. In 1939, I mean, we, the French army. The French army, because because the French army is the point at which everything folds in 1939. We in 1940, so I think. say there's five days where France falls and where they fail, and and you can you can place that on the French army. And what was very interesting was that was that we have ways When I asked um, asked about you know uh, setbacks and uh, setbacks in in um, the the British army, is it the setbacks? That, that are created by the poor morale or the poor morale that creates the setbacks. Yes. And Jonathan very much thinks that, that it's poor morale that's the chicken that's laying the egg. He says if you, that in 1939, 1940, the BEF doesn't have itself, doesn't have its relationship with its soldiers sorted out. So its morale is poor. It doesn't have a clear motivation. It doesn't have a clear aim. And, that, and that's why in the end, it can't perform as well as it ought to in 3940 and certainly into certainly by the spring of 1942 that's that whole relationship is shot and needs and needs completely rebuilding. But but the thing is, is guys I, uh, I
1: see. I think that rule. I think that applies much more strongly to Norway than it does to does to to, to France because uh, I think the BF in France actually performed pretty well. I mean, you know, you, you you've got your your forebears at, at Harzerbrook.
0: Yeah, but they performed well apart from their entire strategic concept failing completely. I mean, this is the this is the yes. But individual the, the, units I, 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 perform I think, quite well. I mean, you know, oh, when, yeah, when they're yeah. falling back yeah.
1: from 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 the from the, the yeah the um the dial the river dial they're falling back because the Belgians on the left are falling back and on the French on the yeah, knife army or whatever it is on the right I mean but there's, a cl-
0: there's a clarity there's a there's a clarity in motivation when you're back to the wall right Yes, but I,
1: I, what I'm saying is, I, I don't. I, I would agree that you know at times morale is questionable. But I think actually the BEF performed pretty well because when they have to, they they absolutely trump. So you know, I'm thinking about the Grenadier wow. Guards, uh, the ESCO, for example, it, the uh, yeah. uh, Cassell, uh, the the defence of the perimeter. I mean, it's yeah. all it's all absolutely stupendously yeah, yeah. good. The counterattack at Arras, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a shit show. But but even so, they 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 do quite well considering.
0: I I regard these as as I regard these as. Crumbs of comfort, Jim.
1: <laughs> it is a disastrous campaign. But 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 Norway is truly disastrous. I mean not from a naval point of view, but but, yeah. but you know, the bit around Lillehammer in the centre. You know, these these under unprepared TA battalions sent in, you know, the shipping that's been sent oh, over yeah. with them. You know, they've all put their eggs in one basket. So they're coming out there with no guns. They're just infantry with, with Brenz and Lee Enfields. I mean, it's just absolutely hopeless. Well, you know, they haven't got any air support. The whole thing just hasn't been worked out at all. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work in well, any way. Well,
0: and the ignominy of that is greater because they've been talking about Norway since the war began. They've yep. been they've been kicking the idea around of, of of intervening in Norway since the war has started, and yet when it comes to it, they haven't given it any thought. I mean, the BEF have this terrible in France have this terrible problem that, um, it, 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 from the point of view of like a command and soldiering point of view or for the officers, officers in charge, the brass is that the army has been massively expanded with this huge influx of territorial soldiers. Yeah. And obviously you've got to yes, do that. You've got yeah. to, you've got, you've got to mobilize your territorial uh, battalions and all that. But basically now the army's going, Oh crap. It, it was hard enough organizing ourselves and figuring out what we're going to do. And we're a, we're a, we're a mechanized army on paper um, as a regular army but now there's all these extra people no, We we can't possibly be it's impossible which is why again you end up seeing buses being used and all that sort of stuff to get people to get yeah. people to france yeah. and through and through france once they're in france so there's this there's, 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 there's this with norway that the, the, the absolute ignominy is that they should have they should have having talked about going to norway for all that time they should have at least Put some planning into it, but with the BEF, sort of the road to hell's paved with good intentions. That you know, expanding the BEF, having it, the, the idea that it's mechanised, the idea that it's going to fight this defensive depth with its two pounders and all sorts of stuff. But it doesn't have enough. There no. aren't enough of uh, uh, of these guns. And you've got Brooke I- inventing emplacements in and trying to figure yep. out a way of making the most of his resources <clears> and all that stuff. And then you, uh, uh, and then again, you have that that, that they're going to fight a defensive death but then they decide to advance uh, 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 and into into Belgium because after all because you, advanced to, defend. Been, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> advanced to do yeah, their defence
0: exactly. yes exactly and all, and all that sort of stuff exactly but I just sort of I just sort of think you know again your three M's there well I think they work quite your well your three M's there uh, they, I think they do work well we'll, so anyway uh, what, we'll uh, take uh, a break I'll t- we'll be back we'll take, in a moment yep. no let's take a break let's take a break hold that thought Jim we'll be yep. back in a second
2: Welcome back
0: to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, I'm Murray and James Holland. James Holland was holding a thought.
1: Well, I'm holding two thoughts actually. I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm holding the thought <laughs> of, of, of of Poland in 1939, which is what we were supposed to be talking about in the first place, and 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 the fact that yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, but we you know it's up to us what we talk about, right? That's how it goes. So, so so I was thinking about the German. So the German, the German, the method, the method is good enough in 1939. You know, there's obviously cases where mm. where numbers do count and and they overwhelm, and and that's what happens to Poland. Yeah. You know. Yeah, not just from Germany, you know, which is attacking on three points at you no know, three very obvious fair punks. Yeah, concentrations of force. Um, you know, it's not that the the the, yeah. the the Poles do have some better kit. They have a a, a tank which is better than the Panzer ones and Panzer twos, but not enough of them. They've only got yeah. like six hundred or something. You know, they're just not enough. And and the the air force is is you know behind the times compared to the Luftwaffe, uh, and they haven't really got any answers. And yeah. then of course on the seventeenth of September, um. The, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the the Soviet, Soviet Union, step yeah, in, the Red Army yeah. invades as well. So from, from the other side, so from the Polish point of view, they've got the motivation, um, and they've got the they've got the morale to start off with. Um, they don't have the method because they don't have enough of what they need to be able to do. Yeah. what they need to do the Germans are absolutely yeah. not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination and, and actually they almost run out of ammunition which I think is really really interesting which prompts this huge ammunition crisis yes. over the winter of 1939 which is when Hitler after the after the uh, then says I want to invade France immediately everyone's going you can't we haven't got enough shells you know, and again, you know, with, with a comparison, that's sort of slightly what's happened to Russia.
0: Well, and again, that's m- muscle memory for the First World War because there's the, am- the the ammunition crisis in 1914 in Germany Yes, of course, as well, yes, yes. They 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 run they run out of ammunition. So basically, your civil service, and and after all, the, the thing to the, always the thing to remember is that states states have all this muscle memory from the fir- all the European yep. states have muscle memory from the First World War. Yep. That the politicians, you know, that, that something will come across Hitler's desk, going, there, "We haven't made enough bullets, boss," yeah. and it'll come from some civil servant rather than from a Nazi apparatchik. So, so they then they then have to. He, he gets very nervous about that. Hitler starts to take that very very seriously. The ammunition yes. shortage, and uh, uh, and because after all, you know, Hitler's method is quick. Let, let's talk about Hitler's three M's. You know, Hitler's, Hitler's method is cheap and quick victories that can be achieved fast so that the political cost is propping himself up. And his morale, uh, his morale, after all, um, is sky high for quite a while that then leads to making, it leads to his method Te- of taking bigger and bigger gambles,
1: exactly that, uh, uh, Exactly that. But, but ongoing, a bit- I mean,
0: it's a, I mean, that's actually it's an incredibly useful way of looking at things, Jim.
1: Well, but, and and again, if you look at motivation, motivation is to is is to to win back lands which from a from a the way the Germans are presenting it is entitled to be theirs. You, you know, it yeah, was yeah. Their, it was it was theirs since seventeen ninety five, yeah. and they want it yeah. back. Uh, and there's lots of German speaking people, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's you yeah. can't have, um, East Prussia separated. That's just ridiculous. Of course, we've got to have that back to yeah. so the Danzig Corridor, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, so the, there's plenty of motivation. And as you say, morale is sky high because they've been fed this stuff and everything they've done so far has been brilliant. Well, you know, from, from, from Shadayton land to Czechoslovakia to the whole shebang.
0: Yeah. And, and nothing succeeds like success is the, it's the, right. um, you know, it, it it is very much what happens to the German method, isn't it? Is that they they get completely higher on the, on their own supply. And when we when we talked about, um, you know, Barbarossa, um, uh, the, the, that idea that they war, you know, and it's who it does it. They war game it, and he says this, this is impossible. He's told to come away, go away, and come back with a war game that works. Yeah, you know, that by that point, their 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 notion of of success, their ability to deliver success has unmoored itself from reality completely hasn't it you know you could take yes. on you could take on sec- like smaller opponents like poland and and i although i suppose you know france is france is the thing that beguiles the germans completely isn't it
1: absolutely Absolutely, and again, there it's the kind of apogee of method, motivation, and morale. Um, but because the method is yeah, absolutely yeah. superb compared to the opposition that they're facing, and it's an absolute classic example where where numbers really count. But they don't. That then, you know, getting your method and your and your motivation, your morale correct is a force multiplier. And and that absolutely you know, to use a kind of modern military jargon, and that absolutely proves the case in this case because they they only have half the half the artillery pieces that the French have. And that's just the French. You know, when you add the Belgians and the Dutch and the British as well, they're way behind and they're way behind on tanks. Uh, And actually, they've only got parity in aircraft. But again, their method is, is so right. The logistical chain, operational art... Absolute clarity of what they've got to do, how they're going to use the forces they have. Are yeah. using your the, these these all arms armoured units to be your strike force to be the, the you know the, the tip yeah. of the spear and this incredibly long wooden shaft following behind, um, you know of lesser trained troops of of, of less well equipped troops, but but providing the backup and the, and your ability to maintain that effort at the front. Which is so essential. And, and motivation, smash France very quickly. Morale, sky high because they're all absolutely believing it and everyone knows what they've got to do. And, and, and. Yeah. Well, that was, but
0: you see, what what was interesting with, with talking to Jonathan was he said that third point is, he thinks, is the crucial element in 1940 for the Germans because he says, you read German morale reports, they're not all going, this brilliant new method of warfare we have devised um, yes. that, that, that we've all been informed of. Yes, apparently um, uh, it's called Blitzkrieg. It's, 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 apparently it's called brilliant Creek. It's panning out very well for us right now. Thank, thank goodness, someone has scratched their head and come up with this. They're all just going. Should we keep going? Yeah, why not? French seem to be in real trouble here. Let's just keep pushing on. How Let's cool just is keep this? Going. Oh, they've withdra- They've withdrawn from here. I don't believe it. Let's make the most yeah. of that. And that's Woo! that's <laughs> motivate. That's motivation and morale manifesting themselves as method, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, that whatever method you've got if the and again you you need all three uh, to work for all three to work
1: yes, um, is, the, yes is the yes 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 well you know. and then and then let's fast forward just a couple of months and suddenly it's the summer of 1940 yeah and and, and look at the Luftwaffe the Luftwaffe have have greater numbers so to go back to that infographic idea of yeah. you know your your little picture in the times showing who's got yeah. what so the infographic Germans hold all the aces. They've got more. They've got more planes. They've got more bombers. You know, they've got the you know on paper the best best um, single engine fighter in the world at the time. Um, can do all those things that you need to do: climb faster than anything else, dive fast than anything else, all that kind of stuff. Got cannons and machine guns. Tick tick tick. What's their method, though? Their method is really poor. They've underestimated British defence. They don't have no concept of the air defence system. Uh, um, tactics are bad. Um, operational level is, is is suspect because aircraft production is is getting lower again, so they're not getting enough replacements for the losses. Um, they're having to mm. hustle themselves up up to the front and put all these fighter planes in the Padicale in in a very very dense um, um, area, which makes them very target rich yeah. for for the RAF bombers coming over because they're all condensed in one place. unlike the RAF, where you know their fighter, fighter fields are all kind of spread all over the place, so the method is poor. Yeah. The motivation don't really know what they're doing. You know, it's kind of, what's this for? Is is this to kind of get force, politically force Britain out of the war or are we militarily forcing Britain out of the war? Are we going to do a do an invasion? Yeah. Well, you know, we don't really like that because we haven't actually got any invasion barges and we'll have to get them from the Rhine and that's not cool. And, you know, so the motivation is kind of really suspect. And then... Morale very rapidly starts to take a dip, and again, one can tell that from from looking at yeah. those those transcripts of Luftwaffe officers at Trent Park who are putting the rooms together. And you can see that the morale, you know, from, from in July yeah. and when they're captured in July, it's like you know we're going to whip their asses, and we're going to cross, and it's going to be great, and we're going to be in London. But you know, last one, last one to kind of Liverpool's a rotten egg, and and then you see it just just dip as their numbers dip, and as uh, and and as they realise as the months pass you know, as August makes way to September and September makes way to, to October and there's still plenty of spitfires, still plenty of hurricanes, that this is just not working. The weather's starting to yeah. turn and the whole thing's gone absolutely pear It's like, now what? You know, and they're all knackered. You know, they're flying, you know, some of them are flying. I remember Ulrich Steinhilper flying seven sorties a day. I mean, that's just absurd. Absolutely yeah. absurd. That's way too yeah. much. It's five more times than anyone should be flying, probably six times more than anyone should be flying in a single yeah. day. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so consequently, morale takes yeah. a massive dip. You know, on the converse, yeah. is the method is the thing that actually is one of the key moments of the entire war because we've got you know Britain's got the air defence system. The method is absolutely superb. I mean, you know, you can't really fault it. Yeah. So therefore, the motivation is is high because everyone knows what they've got to do. You know, whether you're a whether you're a um, a, a pusher of plots uh, at the plotting table in in Duxford or at Uxbridge or at DREM in Edinburgh, um, or whether you're a pilot, or whether you're an IRC, or whether you're part of the civilian repair organisation, mm. every, or an observer corps, everyone knows what they've got to do, everyone knows why they're doing it, uh, everyone knows knows that, you know, the future of, of, of Britain, the free world is at stake, so the motivation is absolutely tip-top, the whole thing starts to work, so morale is really high, we win. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you could, the thing is, is uh, uh, again, it, it what it i mean we don't know what's we don't know what's going on in in ukraine um uh, in the kharkiv oblast but you you could say that clearly the Ru- russian method um has failed them um uh, because after all, it's the interaction of your three M's and and his three M's, the other side of the hills three M's. Yeah. That,
1: that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
0: import, the, the 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 really the really critical bit. You can't just look to your own. You've got to look to what the other side are doing, and that after all, that's part of your method is gleaning what the other side's three M's are too. You know that, that of course. you need to because because I think I think what's very well interesting because otherwise is your ma- method Matthew, is the wrong
1: method, I- isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, he's been talking about the smartphone and um, he's saying he thinks the interaction of the smartphone in modern warfare means that, um, uh, and this is what I'm taking from what he's saying, is that basically, if if you want to convey victory, you do it through smartphone, through telegram, through TikTok. And that also, but that also means, so that means panic has a, a, an ability to spread through an army in a way that, that is novel and far, it goes at light speed now in a way that, you know, rumors, rumors of a formation, the other side of your neighboring formation going under now reach you immediately rather than by a Two gradual process or seeing some of them or two days later you're so seeing some of them come back through your lines going, and they're going bloody hell it's terrible out there what happens now is you get you, your phone goes and it's your it's your brother-in-law you know in the some motorised battalion up the road going this is all gone shit you know and that that the, 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 obviously the Ukrainians have fought have seem to have fought I mean of course we only know from one side seem to have fought a better information war their method information method, method is better I mean it's interesting I had lunch with the colonel at the weekend and um, oh, did he? how was he? he was a he was very well, and um, we got talking about in the late seventies. He was a watchkeeper um, in uh, British Army on the Rhine, right? Mm. Um, and if people don't know what a watchkeeper is, it's basically you're part of the intelligence cell in Corps headquarters, and what you do is you keep track of all the intel as it comes in, and eventually, uh, I think on the hour you, you you brief the general as to what's going on, and they do these big exercises, and they'd have a they'd have a scrambled phone to the German Corps on their uh, or division or whatever who's under under their command on their on their left flank or whatever and then they'd have to deal with americans coming in and briefing the americans and he said there was a very funny occasion where general womble came in to be a guy called womble came in to be briefed and couldn't understand why everyone was laughing at him in the 70s because because couldn't,
1: couldn't
0: figure couldn't figure out what the big joke was and also that all the americans were like these sort of they're all super fit super lithe. he said that there was one guy comes in he's like he's like a he's a complete blade the man is a hundred percent blade like a, the, the bloke's a deadly weapon he's got such a sharp mind and then all the British officers sort of pot-bellied chaps in their jerseys going I say oh boy um, and what, what what should we do on this exercise then old chap and the and the, and the Americans going I want the sit rep information scan all <laughs> this sort of thing that sort of, the, the, the culture clash was, no, was, boy, was but they, what what they what their job was was what da- one of the things Dad used to do is he was involved in and he's he's on the Imperial War Museum uh, spoken archive talking about his years in service if people are interested but he talks about this and what he did is he tried to assemble as much information about the Russian formations they expected they were going to um, encounter and what their equipment was and and therefore. Which unit had which equipment? So what you could expect from it if you if it came at you, and whether that meant they're a recce force or a shielding force, or whether they were the main effort, and what their what their the biography of their commanding officer was. So where he sat politically, what so what his motivation was like to be likely to be, and what the individual Soviet republic breakdown of that outfit was. So they're, basically their their political affiliation. So you know, if you had a unit with lots of Ukrainians in, it might not fight as stiffly as one with just Russians in, and and. All the officers are anyway, but the, what's fascinating about that, I said, but this is it, you know, this is before the internet. This is the closed information age. So you're they're getting stuff from Russian military publications, from what they know from Bricksmiths, who are the people going round East East Germany um in, in Land Rovers, who were allowed yep. British Army who were allowed to drive round East Germany, part of the part of the, you know, the post-war settlement yep. in Germany. But basically listening to everything and, and Going and sitting and taking long range photos of units yeah, in East yeah. Germany, all that sort of stuff, right? And that all that intel assembled. You compare that with now, where we live in an open information age, where you you, you know you, you you look if you if anyone's following Bellingcat, what they're able to, do, how they were able to track down the exact rocket launcher that shot MH17 down. That you're able in, in this modern information age to do that. That the, what's striking is it looks like. The Ukrainian method for using information is is very well organised, and I expect they're getting a ton of help. Yeah. Um. And the Russian the Russian way of organising their information seems so piss poor. And given that the Russians are fighting an open society and aren't one themselves, you'd think they'd you'd think they'd have the upper hand in an information war because they're the more closed society who can guard their secrets more carefully. Yeah. And that the Ukrainians are no. In theory although it's a war so it's probably not as open as it was but you know what I mean and yeah. I think it's it's really really interesting that that clearly in the Cold War the struggle was finding out anything for about the Russians and they could of course one of the one of the one of the points about you know uh, American u2 spy missions in, in, in during the Cold War is you you couldn't go to the middle of Russia you couldn't just get in a you couldn't no, no, no. go to Russia and drive in a car the way that you could in America you, you could drive to a missile site yep. and as close as you could get just hire a car and go. You couldn't do that in Russia. And that these open and closed societies. And what's interesting is that, you know, if you take that again back to the Second World War, with with Russia and with the Soviet Union and Germany, you've two essentially closed societies fighting each other, and then the Western Allies, Britain and America, essentially open societies. And and some might argue that that is an that is a very that's a force multiplier in itself. If you're an information free, society, yeah, yeah. In, An information, a society where information is transmitted and passed around more more openly, you have more of a chance. Whereas if you're closed and your information's all siloed or all kept in the hands of different rival factions, which is what happens in Germany after all, you're you're creating friction in your own information system.
1: Yeah. Yes. And also, you're, you're it, it, it's all bubbling into one point, isn't it? So once at the cork is, is released, it all kind of bursts out and it's completely uncontrollable. I mean, what's interesting though, if you, if you probably, you, yeah, I mean, we, we know that the, the Russian, you know, whatever you say, we don't know what's going on, 100% going on in, in, in Ukraine by any stretch of imagination, no. but we do know that the Russian method has not been well, good. But <laughs> we know they're bugging out. We know they're bugging out. We know that the Russian yeah. method has not been good. Um, the motivation for, for an awful lot of conscript Russian troops. What's the motivation for going into Ukraine? Very, very small, very low. Um, and, and of yeah. course, you know, if you, if you don't feel you're getting the right kit and your truck is breaking down because it hasn't got the right battery or hasn't got the right tires or whatever, you know, that also then make your motivation is not good in the first place. And then that, of course, that then affects your morale. So again, you're in that, yeah. you're in that loop and we can see enough to know that those, those things are all breaking down. Yeah, Uh, and I think once you break that circle, if you see motivation, um, if you see method, motivation, morale as one continual circle, once you get a gap in it, it the whole thing starts to
0: yeah, unravels as a circle, doesn't it? Well, the circle
1: needs to be be well exactly, and
0: and well exactly, and what uh, and sometimes what you have to do is While you're waiting to get your method right, and we, we could be talking about 1942 in the desert here, while you're waiting for your method to come round, you have to work very, very hard on your motivation and morale. Um, yes, so that the method, so that the method, because the methods need require evolving often enough because they, they involve all sorts of problem yes. solving that you, you didn't know you were going to have to do. Yeah, and and what's interesting about 1942 is they hang on, the British are able to just hang on long enough with their motivation and morale for the method to appear. Yes, uh, but, to,
1: but, the, to, but the reason is that one of the great reasons that is the Desert Air Force saving their bacon as they're retreating back to the Alamo yeah. line from Tobruk. And that's because their method, motivation and morale are absolutely tip top. Yeah, 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 I'm quite taken with this theory. We've we've just developed a military
0: theory. It's quite it's quite it's quite exciting, but it's a it, it's a mobi but it's a Mobius strip. It's 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 two sides and on one side. It it goes around perfectly on itself. Yes, doesn't it? It, yeah. it? it's the thing. And if you and you can't enact your method if your motivation and morale are, uh, no. are crap. No. Yeah, and you 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 your motivation is is. Compromised by either method or morale. <laughs> yes. Yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, it's, it's quite neat. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no. well, that's probably enough for today, isn't it? Um, next, um, next I week. I think I'm, so. Um, next week, I'm going to be in the USA.
0: Yeah, fantastic. On, right, on
1: Thursday, so that's exciting. Yeah, going to see James M. Scott. Going to see the Mark Clark archives in the Citadel. Then Bedford, Excellent. Virginia, Great and then American Washington. I'm actually I'm doing a talk Lovely. in Washington now which is fun, with the Churchill Society. Oh, yeah. or something. I'll get, the, I'll get the details. I don't know, actually. They just said, would I do a, kind three of M's. Of a, a casual pub talk? I said, yeah. All right. The three M's, Jim. It's the three M's. Maybe I'll talk about the three M's. God, this is... Yeah. Really Why got not? something going here.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think motivation, if your back's to the wall, that's motivation enough, isn't it? I think that's what that's what's happening in the summer of 1940 with the BAF, where they fight well, I think. Yeah. I think the people yeah. who do well, it's because you're shit or bust at that point. I don't think... Uh, uh, anyway. Hold I, on, I, I, just very I, quickly. I, but if you think I, about
1: American art, US Army 1945, I, method, absolutely tip-top. Motivation, yes, get it over and done with as quickly as yeah. possible. Morale, just good enough to hang in there.
0: Well, yeah, that that's the really interesting thing, is they're starting to run out of the third... That, that tank is luring.
1: Yes, and I wonder how jeopardising that is. And that's one yeah. of the motivations yeah. for then using the atomic bomb in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: We're onto something here, aren't we? Right, Let's yeah, get yeah. run and run. <laughs> <laughs> well, take credit, Jim. It was your idea. Anyway, we, well, thanks very much for listening, everybody. We will um, see you soon. Uh, James will be stateside. I'll I'll be uh, I'll be in a local theatre near you. Coming soon, I expect. Excellent. I've got Lincoln. What have I got this week? Oh, I love Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln's then I've got city. Two in- Two in Bracknell, then two in Winchester, I'll tell and you then what, you'll Richmond get... on Sunday. Brilliant!
1: You'll get you'll get strong IC yeah. support in Lincoln.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, well. If I can, if we can squeeze the time in, I might go and see the um, uh, international bomb command uh, thing. But um, yeah, will we'll, uh, at some point. Yeah. Anyway, right. thanks Have for fun. listening, everybody. We'll we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Cheerio.